come to dream it, dare it, do it. Live the life you want. I'm Jasmine. I'm your host for this beautiful podcast with inspiring conversations. And today I have my friend Kathy with me. Hi, Kathy. Hey, good morning. Good morning, Jasmine. Thank you. Good morning from California. I know that. Yeah, good afternoon from Quebec. <laughs> <laughs> or wherever you are we could say even good evening if you're listening on replay yeah which is probably what they're doing um Kathy for the people who are listening let's start the conversation like this for the people who are listening let them know what you're doing in California right now well first of all it's the day after Thanksgiving so for those of us in the in the lower 48 to you Canadians we are um we're enjoying the day after Thanksgiving, which is just as much of a national holiday uh, where some people would look at it as a shopping extravaganza. I guess that's been marketed. It's also just a good time to relax after all of the, of the gatherings of yesterday. So I was tickled pink when you asked me to share. And the idea for the day after Thanksgiving, I knew that it would be um, a beautiful day for me. Just, just a beautiful day for me. So what I do in California is I'm, um, I'm, gosh, I, you know, I kind of want to start in the whole family thing. I'm a daughter. I'm a, I'm a mother. Um, I'm, I'm a soon to be grandmother. Mm -hmm. I'm, um, I'm a real estate agent. I'm a coach. I'm an entrepreneur. Um, my passion, my love language is the hospitality, hospitality industry. I, um, and that I love, I love that. Um, and not because I'm a really nice person with a charitable heart, but I love the activity schedule of it. You know, I like being charitable and nice, but there's there's moments where I'm not exactly what you would consider front of the house material when I'm working in my restaurants. But I do. I had a couple of restaurants in my lifetime, too, and I always get such great um, energy exchange from that. Yeah. So so that's me. I'm, I'm a vice president of operations for a real estate company and I run two offices. That's my day job. That's when I look like a mature adult. And I also am a coach with women and um, a mother, grandmother and a daughter. So very cool. So yeah. basically, you're not busy at all. <laughs> you just do absolutely nothing. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> so we were talking off camera and we were having a conversation about how we were looking at how things happen in the world. Mm -hmm. And you were letting me know that you were looking at this network, like you were looking at the network of thinking. Can you tell me a little bit more about that so that people understand what you were talking about? Well, you know, it's interesting. I had, I had uh, come across you and different um, classes and webinars and I don't know about you, Jasmine, but when 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 COVID hit, I was livid because I thought that my access to the world was going to be so limited. Mm -hmm. I thought that how can you how can you tie me up, you know, and put me in these in these cages of my own home? Um, I mean, I was upset. But what I opened up to was a world of within Zoom that started shifting things from the inside out and not the least of which seeing people from all over the world with the same level of interest as I had. And for some reason, I felt more connected than isolated through that. Mm. And the network that I started seeing was um, I, I read a book that pointed me in the direction of a man named Michael Neal. And the book I was reading was, was a three-step process on a 12-step program with 15, 15 ingredients that needed to be done in order to get happy, right? So my, my, my quest was always like, how do I become better? And then fill in the blanks, better at working, better mother, better everything. How, to be, how do I come better? And I've always found an industry that would tell me how I could get better you know, by following simple rules. But this one woman pointed me, said, you know, I, I came across this man named Michael Neal and it kind of shifted the way I started looking at everything. I thought, man, I want to shift. I want to shift because I was exhausting myself and pissing everybody else off. I was trying so hard to make myself better. And um, so I came into the um, 
the side door of the uh, 3P understanding by way of Michael Neal, who if anybody's ever had not heard about him, he makes he makes complicated things simple and he makes simple things beautiful. Everybody that has listened to me know what 3P is and knows who Michael Neal is <laughs> because we talk about him quite a bit. <laughs> Well, I met him, I met you through him and then Rob Cook and then, yeah. and then going through and, and, and then I just started Googling more of it. And I started seeing all these other people and women, but, but what was starting to happen was what was going on inside of me started shifting all of a sudden life wasn't so much about the outside quest of what I needed to do to get better, but kind of like the inside realization of what already came as part of the original factory packaging. You know, what was, what was inside of me that was waiting to get out? Not so much what did I need to do outside of me in order to be better. Yeah, I, I imagine well, what I'm hearing, what you're saying is that you you started to see the things that you were hiding that were there. You know, like we have these things that are innate that for some reason we say, okay, I can't show that part. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like, okay, the, the appropriate thing to do is this. Let me do this, but let's not show this. And it's so funny as I'm getting older, the more I'm like, okay, I don't want to do that. I want to show this, you know, the more, the more it goes, the more I flow with that. And it's like, there's an adaptation. I've got this adaptation period that's going on where I, I, my automatic way of being is going to what's appropriate, what my head says should be. And then I kind of go, wait, 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 what did I just do? Why does that feel yucky? You know? And then I kind of go, oh no, actually that's not what I want to do. I want to do something else. And when I explain to you, there's one thing that I've started doing in my business. I've got these, I've, I've got contractors, like, right? So like in my work, I can't do everything alone. I, I, I could, but you know, I've done it before I could, but then I wouldn't be living my life. I'd be constantly working, right? Mm -hmm. So I've started to, to get um, contractors. I, I want to get people that know what they're doing, that give a good service, that need work, and that could help me out with my clients, right? And, you know, like the, the entrepreneur mentality is... Okay, well, if you're going to hire somebody, they're going to give you this, you're going to tap an amount on that, and then you're going to charge that to the client, and you're going to make money, right, on top of. And when I originally started working, you know, thinking about this, I, it was like so difficult for me to go, okay, well, how much am I going to charge? Should I charge 20%? On top, should it be 15? No, just 10, 5. I'll put 15. No, 25. I should do 30 you know, and it was just so heady for me. It was just like, okay. And then I was like, okay, now I'm going to ask them to give me a better rate because I'm finding them the job. And like, it was just so heady. You know what I mean? Yes. And it was like, what I really want, I want transparency. I want you to charge me your rate. What do you want to be paid? I'm going to charge what I want to be paid and the client is going to get charged the appropriate amount of money. Yes. Everybody is going to be happy and it's going to be transparent everywhere. And it just made me feel so good to just be, oh yeah, there's nothing, there's no manipulating of the content of the thought of the thing of the, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and it's just so fluid now. And the creativity is there because there's nothing in the way. Yeah, yeah. And that, that realization, the interesting thing in you saying that is that there's all kinds of thinking and steps that, that I'm sure you 
you've walked over all your life, but until you realize that yourself, like, wait a minute, why don't I just do what's fair? Why don't I just, I mean, there's all kinds of teaching that bring us into this realization, but until we wake up on the inside and say, wait a minute, this is exhausting. Like I said, it starts exhausting me and pissing everybody else off because what it really comes down to is you ask yourself the impossible questions. How can I keep everybody happy with what I'm doing? How can what I'm doing please everybody who get who this touches? And that is just such a paralyzing question because that the thing that I love most about Sid Banks, and he's so uncomplicated that it took me about a year to where I would embrace him and consider him to be um, worth following, was you're not insecure, you only think you are. And I think that that particular um, mantra is where I can start realizing that I'm just, I'm just getting all worked up you know, like your whole scenario with the contractor yeah. and, and the idea of, of that somehow, somewhere along the way, we were led to believe that that was wisdom, that our fear was wisdom, that our fear that could, could initiate the intellect to go into overdrive, that that's worth pers- holding on to and everything else is denial, right? I'm, I'm, I've been sober since 1981. And so there was this huge fear of not being fearful enough. It was just a huge fear of like not being vigilant enough for my, my quality of life that whenever something crops up, I'd need to take better care of myself, right? So there's this sober, definite objectivity of constantly being on vigilant vigilance for myself. And um, it took me a while to trust that the parachute was going to open on its own. That I, I, I mean, I, I like the steps. Anybody who's, who's been in any 12-step program, I like the steps. They're kind of, but they're, I like them as, uh, for me, they're, they're markers on the road. Like, hey, you might want to look on your side of the street. Is it really his fault he's driving 35 miles an hour in a 35-mile-an-hour zone, or is it is there something here going on with you, right? <laughs> there's, there's like, you might want to look on your side of the street and you might want to notice that this is coming up all the time. So you may want to sit with it a little bit and, and ask yourself if this is something you want to continue or maybe let go of. And so, so there are things in that, but it's not a hypervigilance that I had before I came into to the three principles. Prior to that, it was like, I had to watch everything for fear of, and then fill in the blanks, yeah. you know? And that's a lot of fear to be um, motivating myself with. What, what starts to happen when you start to believe, honestly believe in a power greater than yourself? You know, in, 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 the, in the three principles, it's the thought of mind, the, the always, the always open, never, you know, very universal, um, non-judgmental mind. And, and then that makes perfect sense. And then there's consciousness, not fearfulness, consciousness that comes into play. And you become consciously aware. Anthony DeMello, I think was, uh, he's a Jesuit who I think he died too young, but I think he was defrocked. I think, I think the Catholic church may have kicked him out before he, before he died. But, but what he said, the highest level of, of, of consciousness is peace. And when you can get to a point where you can see yourself in yourself, where you become the observer of yourself, it's one of the highest levels of consciousness that an individual can achieve. And this high level, this hierarchy within this spiritual modality is the basic premise of consciousness. Like, you know, you're not insecure. You only think you are, you know, you're, you, you're only thinking yourself into this craziness. It doesn't exist outside of your thinking. What if you took a backseat to your own thinking Would the craziness at least reside a little, (laughs) would you become less crazy if you weren't caught up in your own thinking? So that, that consciousness and, and thought, I have a little love affair with thought, a little love hate going on with thought, because I do think that, I don't think all thoughts are neutral. I think love wins. 
I think that when I think a loving thought, I get a, a, another feeling than when I think a repetitive habitual thought. And the repetitive habitual thoughts are the ones that keep me in that in that little that little rat maze of going around and around in circles. And so, well, uh, you know, I talked to Mavis Karn a lot. Eh? Mavis, Mavis mm. says, because I, because I, I tell Mavis, you know, it's the money thing. I'm freaking out about the money thing again. And she's like, oh yeah, I forgot. That's your favorite one. That's your, that's just your favorite thought. And I kind of go, huh, oh, yeah. Okay. I got it. You know? So we have these, these, I, but also the thing is like human beings are, we're creatures of habit. Like I, like I've been saying this for years, we do things based on habits. Like we've learned to drive. This is my, you know, the example that I use all the time. We've learned to drive and we can, you know, get in the car, you know, pay our bills, um, uh, fight with your father, uh, listen to music, sing a song by heart. We can do all of that while driving a car and totally mm -hmm. forget that we went from point A to point B because mm -hmm. the human body is made like human beings are made in such a way that we can do things by memory. And there are these thoughts that we have that we just repeat all the time. You know, and they, they come naturally, they come by habit, but we're not conscious that they're, I, I'm, I'm, and I'm saying we're, I'm going to talk about me, you know, so, and if it fits for you guys, it fits for you guys. <laughs> but for me, I like, I see that when that recurring thought happens, I kind of go, well, if it's back, it must be true. Mm. You know, if we keep coming back, there must be something to learn. And I look at the content of the thought. And what should I learn in the content of the thought? And maybe the thing that I need to learn is it's a habit, girl. Just get off it. It's going to pass. That could be the learning. Mm -hmm. Not what do I need to learn about money that's going to make me stop thinking about this? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Because yeah. you know what? Um, uh, I've had, I have more money in my bank account now than I had in prior years. And I'm still as anxious as I was <laughs> in prior years. It makes no difference. It's just a thought that keeps recurring. Well, you know, it's interesting because I, I, um, I love, I love, I love that. And cause I often think that I should be fixed by now. Right. The recurring yeah. thoughts need to go away now because I'm yeah. tired of you. Yeah. And now you're, you're old enough. Kathy. Yeah. They should be done. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. Just saying. And, 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 you know, let's, let's look at all your spiritual, um, energy that you've put into the world. And so that should yeah. like wipe yeah. out all the karmic engineering around that. But I think what happens is, um, and I love listening to your comfort with the thoughts is that I'm not afraid of them anymore. Mm. I'm just not afraid of them anymore. And maybe they do have a post-it note for me. You know, maybe they do have a, Hey, how long do you want to sit with this? Right. Um, for me, self-righteous indignation is one that I think deserves more, 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 more time and energy than pity. Right. So I, I won't be a victim, but I'll be a martyr. And then I'll, I'll take, I'll get center stage with that one instead until it becomes so tiring. Now, just because I go into observation with myself, doesn't mean that I, well, I, I don't know. I was listening to a thing with Aaron Turner yesterday. And this is, he said something that really got me because I'm, I'm with Rohini and the rewilding guides. I've, I've been a rewilding guide with her for a while and I just adore her program. So Aaron Turner was doing, uh, did a talk and he said, I don't need to release my mania on the world. And I thought, yeah, yeah. You see, because when people ask me, who do I want to coach, right? And you and I talked about this at the beginning. It's like, you know, you find your people, your people find you. 
But in reality, one of the things that I love, and I love it about myself, and I love it about anybody else, I love it about people. I like people who like taking responsibility for themselves, not for their perfection, but just for showing up. It's just like, just show up. And where do I get all tied up about when, when, and, and again, you know, I can psychoanalyze this to death, but when I get blamed for what other people don't want to be responsible for, you know, and I think that's what I love about coaching. I think what I love about coaching is people show up and say, can you help me? And I can say, well, I hope so. Let's talk. <laughs> you know, I, I, I hope this is a place where you can come, you know, just like you with your business. It's like if when, when they show up and say, I need help. Can you help me? And you'll say, yeah, let's do this. And at the end of the month, if the books don't balance or if the things, then let's recalibrate and let's do it again. Because life is like, it, it, if it does anything, it gives you opportunities to continue to show up, yeah. to just continue to show up. It's kind of like we were, we were having this uh, off camera, we were having this conversation, we were looking at we have mind thought consciousness and there's this factory and uh, we basically, you know, there's thinking that comes out and then we bring it into ours and then we do something with it. And then we, you know, put it out in the world or we don't put it out in the world. We keep it inside and then we judge the crap out of ourselves and then we just stay in place. Mm -hmm. So we can do that. We can, I mean, we've done, I mean, does anybody know what it is to just stay in place for yeah. a long time? Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I know that too. And I know what it is to just, okay, enough is enough. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's just hit the, hit, hit the pavement as they say, and mm -hmm. let's get moving. And then we'll see where we're going. Mm -hmm. And it, At least we're doing something. We're having fun. We're. Yeah. And, you know, back in the day when I was following, and I still find them highly entertaining all that because I've been a sales manager for decades. And so it's always about motivating people into action. Like, how do I get people, you know, how do I go from point A to point B? How do I get my agenda met? How do I get my budgets met? How do I get my goals? So, so this isn't, you know, I don't, I don't come into this, into this thinking without my baggage. I mean, I've got, you know, and some of it is Louis Vuitton and I'm not ready to give it away yet because it's worked for a long time. Not that I have any Louis Vuitton, but to me, it's like classic learning, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, Jim Rohn used to always say, you want to become a millionaire, not because of the money, but because of the person you become in the process. Mm. So I want to do the podcast, not because of the, the, the desire of, of what I can get in return, but because of the person that's going to be revealed to me in the process, yeah. because of of being in relationship with people who are daring to step out of their comfort zone and still take that good feeling with them, you know, to, to really take that good feeling with them. I, I was so addicted to being a survivor that even when I was in a really good shape, I would sabotage myself so I could go back to that, that, that martyr victim role of being a survivor right? Like, like, like the marble yeah. man drive, riding over the hill, you know, with a cigarette hanging out of my mouth, ready to do what I needed to do. And, and life wasn't as tough as I was making it out to be. But I felt that I couldn't feel the fullness of life if I wasn't somehow living in my own self-created trauma. Mm. And to feel the fullness of life in in a breathtaking walk and, and, and in a conversation that isn't going my way is, is a much deeper feeling. You know, I think it's what, what Sid and Mark Howard and, and all of, you know, look for that feeling, look for that yeah. feeling. Yeah. And that, that factory, you know, it's like when I was saying, when I, I would, I would see you on these zoom calls and I would see just like all of us, I would look at the gallery and I'd see us all drinking it in. And what I knew is that each one of us came with our own processing chip, you know, so we take this good stuff, these universal principles, we take it in, we bring it into our factory, into our inside thinking. Mm -hmm. And then what's the product? what's the product and and I I was once um in a small breakout room with this woman who was unbelievable 
and and she was talking about all the different mentors that she had and all the different places that she went and all the different things and how long she's been in the 3p and i thought why aren't you and i said why aren't you teaching this she goes well i'm not ready and i realized that oh that's an option too to take it all in and just hold on to it yeah and i thought oh, i'm too old for that <laughs> i can't i can't what so if i can't take it in and hold on to it and I know the world might be looking for something else. Then I tried doing a Trojan horse, like, right? Like you'll invite me in thinking I'm going to give you the seven steps to wealth building. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to sell you the seven steps to wealth building. What I'm really going to do is come in and listen to where you are and what you, what, what are your questions and find out if there's any way I can serve you. Yeah. And then I thought, well, that didn't work because duplicity has an, has a, Duplicity takes a lot of energy out of you. Saying one thing, acting another, and promoting another. That's, I guess, triplicity. But um, so then there was like this, okay, so just show up like you, show up to the podcast, show up, write the book, show up, take the class. Um, and, you know, come out of the, the factory. I was in a CTI with Michael uh, last year. You know, CTI is creating the impossible by the way people. Yeah. So I was in, I was in his last year program and I was on about day 30 and um, I wanted to write a book and I got in the double program. Right. So not only was I going to be yeah. in the CTI, but I was going to be the CTI for writers too. Yeah. write the book. And then he says, well, why do you want to write the book? I said, well, because I want to give the, give a Ted talk. I want to, I want to do, give the Ted talk. And he goes, why don't you just go do the Ted talk? It's like, can I just go write? To the front of the line am i allowed you're like like am i, am I allowed to like change don't i have to write a book first? don't i have to like be worthwhile don't i have to like go go be and do something worthwhile before anybody would ever do that and um so i've what i found out is there is a lot i have to do to do the ted talk but it doesn't have it has very little to do with writing a book so it's like the road i'm on now i had to get on before I could go down it. And that was where overthinking kept me in the clouded thoughts of, of setting myself up to run this race. When in reality, what I needed to do was going to take me in that, in that direction. Yeah. So I think that the understanding of, of, you know, once you start getting the understanding, the three of the three principles, I think all it really does is you start seeing that, okay, this is, this is getting me nowhere. I'm, I'm caught in, I'm caught in this rabbit hole of like, I'm going this way. I'm going this way. I'm going this way. And really I'm going nowhere. I'm just staying in the same place. Mm -hmm. Right. And the more that we understand, the more that we start seeing, like I can, when I'm working with clients, I can, I can literally see, okay, can we take that part and just take, take this part of the thinking and put it there and forget about it for a second. Can you see, we can move on now. <laughs> the only thing that's really stopping anybody is this solid ball of thinking that's stuck. That's, it's like a boulder in the way of your motion. You know, you want to go that way, but you've got this boulder. That's what I see in what you said you wanted to go do a TED talk and there's the boulder was I need to write a book. And Michael said, wait, that boulder is not true. And then it disappeared and you went, wait, holy shit, I can actually go that way. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because that whole thing of a journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. And, and, and that's true. And I had such a heavy understanding in myself that I can soldier on in spite of everything that I don't always ask for directions right so I would take a thousand mile trip and make it a 500,000 mile trip because I would show the world that I could do this without asking for help which brings me into the sense of community and coaching it's like what would we do if we stopped along the way and said hey tell me a little bit about how you do what you do Tell me about the five easy steps to podcast. Would you mind, Jasmine? That's amazing. What do you mean? Tell me about all these things that I think I have to do by myself because one of the pieces of luggage that still comes up for me is that 
You're to be seen and not heard. And don't ask questions because people will think you're not good enough if you do. And so my efforting was to be highly rewarded. Like I'll work five times as much without asking a question mm. instead of asking for help because I think there's something noble about that. Yeah. And now I realize, oh, wait a minute. There's people, like you said, the contractors. There's people that I know who have services that I trust that I can go into relationship with that'll impact the people's lives that I serve. Well, let's put this party together. Let's be that connector, you know? And, and so that's, that's the part of it that, that um, stopping and align, becoming in alignment with other people that break those old habits. You know, we were talking about habits. Yeah. Like, yeah, there is habitual thinking, but you know, when that, when that habitual thinking sees the light of day, it acts differently. Like, oh, that's just you. That's just you not believing in yourself. Oh, that's just you talking yourself down. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah, the there, part. There's a part though, that takes a little while, right? Before you go, no, no, I'm going to, I'm going to take myself down now. Hold on. Give me a few months. I'm going <laughs> to. I got, I got this period of taking myself down and it's the truth. And then you just do it. But you know, for a fact that after a few months, you'll come back, right? As you learn the three principles, you start seeing, wait, I don't have to do two months. I can just drop it now. Yeah. 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 You know, early on in the three principles, I didn't think that there was uh, <laughs> you're going to laugh. I didn't think that there were enough penalties involved in people for people. It's like, <laughs> Wait a minute. we have to hold these people accountable. Didn't they say they were going to do it? Why aren't they doing it? You know, because the metric system in the real world is, is to get the job done. Now, one of the things that I've been reintroduced to lately, especially because this TED Talk is real and it requires practice and it requires diligence and it requires me developing new, new skill sets, it, it, it's work, yeah. it's work. And um, in that work, I realized that the three principles also aren't clicking your heels and wishing you were in Kansas. Yeah. That, that there's, there's the, the, the stepping out of your head, yes, that's, that's point five. It's like, well, if I can quit wrestling with myself about what do I really mean about this and get out of my head for just a second, what's the next step I'm going to take then? Well, I'm going to get a coach. Okay. What are you going to do when you get a coach? Well, when I pay her and what I'm paying her, I'm going to do what it is she suggests, because this will be something that, you know, I've initiated this relationship. So let's see where it's going to go. So the, the, what, what I've learned that the three P's aren't is it's not a total um, taking on a good feeling alone. I don't effort to attain the good feeling. I get the good feeling. And then as a result of that, how do I wanna share this? How do I wanna, how do I wanna bring it into the world? How, how do I, knowing that we're made for each other, the world, all of us, we're all connected. We're all made for each other. How can I bring my life force into play? Um, Eckhart Tolle has a, a, says a lot about how, how can I have life move through me? And, I'm, and um, that old George Bernard Shaw were, you know, selfish clod yelling out, yelling up to the sun why can't you know like it's not all about me it really is about having a sense of a fullness of life to where it overflows into the rest of my life you know how one of the first authors I read was Mara Gleason and I, I love her book I loved her book and I was lucky enough to hear her father on a podcast once with um with Barb Patterson um and she, she came into it because she, she saw the change in her father. And for me, that was validation enough that it could affect the way I show up with my loved ones. Oh, wow. It could create a loving feeling inside of me that I'm always not having to clean up 
from where I was a maniac in previous time. Oh, yeah, I think I want that. I don't want an intellectual understanding. I want a way of being that impacts the world I live in. I want to hold my tongue for just two seconds longer to see what happens when I don't play out habitually, like I've always done. For me, it was, I just want peace. I just want harmony. I just want well-being. Mm -hmm. For me, you know, I was in turmoil. You know, I was in turmoil with myself. I mean, when I got introduced to, to the three principles, it was obviously with Michael Neal, and it, it was with his book, Living from the Inside Out. And, you know, the, the realization that all of the turmoil that I had inside of me came from what I was thinking transformed my life. I mean, it was just like, okay, so if I want to be at peace... I just have to stop. Uh, I was talking with Dickin uh, in the last episode mm. and Dickin was like, you know, it's like, we're funny. You know, we, we have this hammer of thought and then we bang ourselves on the head <laughs> with the, thought, the hammer. And then we say, it's all your fault, <laughs> you know? And I really- Quit hurting yourself, quit hurting yeah, yourself. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. When you can just see that, okay, it's all within it's all what you think it's all we there's there's the the psychological innocence mm -hmm. that you know uh, Sid talks about it's like really it, we innocently think oh I should do this and I should this should happen and this should happen and that's how we suffer and that's how we disconnect from that inner peace because we always have inner peace if you're not having inner peace right now just look at what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. Just mm -hmm. look at what you're thinking. Are you thinking I shouldn't be saying this? That's the problem. It's not that I shouldn't be saying this. It's that you're thinking I shouldn't be saying this. Are you thinking, well, she's annoying. Can she shut up? Well, that's, you know, <laughs> that's what's giving you the, the, that's disconnecting you from inner peace. You know, there's like, for me, I also like that the next step was like the judgment. I kind of really saw how there was a lot of judgment within me. Um, I think that was also habitual. And I saw that I was not only judging others, but I was judging myself quite mm -hmm. a bit. So once I was able to let that go, peace. Oh, look at that. I'm peaceful now. Mm -hmm. It was just like, I mean... I look at these, like I do these podcasts, you know, and, and people tell me, so Jasmine, how much money are you making with this? I'm not making any money with podcasts. So people, I'm not making any money with podcasts. I'm having these cool conversations with people. That's all I'm doing. And in this moment, I'm totally at peace and I'm enjoying it fully. Yeah. And if it could bring this to you, the listener, I'm so happy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what, I, I think the thing that's interesting is there's, there's not an if in that Jasmine. I think it's a when, when it brings to you, because peace doesn't need to be sold. And I don't, I, I'm not saying don't, don't, yeah. you know, one of the things about coaching and, and, and sales and all of that is I don't mind monetizing my goods. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, because, you know, PG&E, who are, is our electricity company, doesn't mind sending me bills on a regular basis. Yeah. So yeah. I, I have no problem with that. <laughs> so there's a whole chain of people that don't have any problem yeah. charging me money to live here. So I have no problem with, with doing it in return. But uh, sorry about this glare on my back there. Um, but what I what I've what I've learned is it's not if there's a there's an inevitable, unconditional presence that peace and love bring in that doesn't require negotiating. So if you're really at that space, or when we're really at, not if, like I say, if we take if I when I challenge myself to take the if out and put when, and it becomes more of a of a game for me. So when peace resides within me, I mean, I had just 
entered into the understanding with Michael Neal and Mara Gleason and all the other coaches I was listening to. And I was in a negotiation with somebody, with my partner. And it was, we were, we were getting a divorce. This was not a, not a, if you look at divorces of financial disillusionment, it was a business deal. So it was, it was a business deal. And, and I thought, okay, I don't want this to be fisticuffs up and I don't want to be justifiably angry about this. How do I make this a mutual win? Mutual win-win. And then win-win-win. Everybody wins. How do I do this? So I I um, just thought, okay, I want it, I wanted a mutual win. I don't want to sacrifice. I don't want to. And they came up with a price to buy me out. And I thought, that doesn't take care of me. Hmm. I said, no, that's not going to work. So I guess I just won't sell it to you. I'll just find another way. I won't sell it to you but i i want this number and not that number and i said but you know we'll work something else out so it's like my whole premise was i wasn't going to get thrown under the bus and i wasn't going to throw anybody else under the bus it was really about a mutual win and um a day and a half later we came up the number was met now two years later we're the best of friends and it was really about in that moment so peace isn't neutral you, it's it's not like I was so afraid I'd live in the hole of the donut if I really did this right, right? If I if I was really in the three principles, I would just always just arrive at peace and say, oh, isn't that sweet? But I didn't realize that there's a knock-on effect to love and peace, that it creates the next step and the next step and that there's life, life moves through you on that. So there is work that needs to be done, but it comes from such a different place when it's based on love and peace. And so literally, I look back now and think, thank God I found that moment within myself to look for that feeling of a mutual win-win rather than, okay, I'll do it if I have to or make you wrong for not doing what I want you to do. It's like, no, that's not going to work for me. And it took me years to be able to speak for myself, speak up for myself without making the rest of the world wrong. Mm. that I can speak up for myself and I can say, that's not going to work for me. I don't see it the way you see it. I can see why you see it the way you see it, but I just don't have that same perspective you do. Um, And that has a sense of power that's different than what I've experienced in all my other self-help genres that I've gone through in life. It's the come from, right? If you're coming from, you know, a space of love, a a space of understanding, a a space of you know, fairness, a space of it'll all work out. That's what you're going to create. If you're coming from a space of you motherfucker, I'm going to get you. That's, you know, that's what's going to come back to you. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, like there's this law, the, the law of, of, of uh, action reaction. Reciprocity. Reciprocity. Yeah. The law of reciprocity. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, if, of course, if you, if you give out anger you're going to get anger back you give out love you're going to get love back and and thing is the thing i love about being human is i'm so flawed because i don't always act that way i can tell you there are times where i just put my dukes up and i'll say you're going to have to go through me if you're going to expect that i mean and it's like and and i feel like the tail is wagging the dog but i can't stop the tail and I just realized, okay, you'll, you'll come out of this nosedive sooner or later. Yeah. The secret is do as little harm as you can right now and don't make any broad sweeping decisions for the rest yeah. of your life. Right? Yeah. It's like you, you feel that, I call it theism, kind of like running through without having to take it too seriously. Yeah. Michael says it. It's like, okay, just, just don't, you're going to feel like crap. Just don't do anything. Just, just know don't do anything. Just mm-hmm. Step away. And you know, it's so funny, because I've been doing this for a long time, where when I'm angry, I step away, and that would get other people angry when I'd step away. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, trust me, it's just better this way. I will move away. I it's going to fall down, the dust will settle. And when I come back, it's going to be better. We're going to be able to have a clearer conversation. You, you know, know, it's a Yeah, yeah. And I'm sorry for interrupting. That's okay. I find that when it settles, Jasmine, and this goes back to something we talked about initially too, when it settles, sometimes it settles and there's just this little hurt girl 
who doesn't know who doesn't know what to do next and when i when it settles because i just had an event like that at, at at work and when it settles i see that part inside of me that still has that pain of feeling like i'm irrelevant and unimportant and so what I found is when I find that inside of me, I can sit there and say, oh, no, that's not true. That's not true. That's just what you used to think. That's just what you used to think. And I think that that's the part of me that starts shifting. That's the, that's the progressive growth of kind of waking up every day. And, and so it's not only do I not create damage in the world, but I get to see a part of me that I've forgotten still might need a little bit more sunlight that just like bring, bring her out in the play. I, I call them the little rascals. So yeah, we can, we can have compassion for ourselves. Yes. You know, the part that we hid away, right. Yeah. Cause I don't know about you, but sometimes what comes up when something starts falling apart is the part I've hidden away. And that that's the part. And that's why I think Sid says, you don't have to dive into your past. Cause what I've learned is it comes up and meets you in a present day moment, you yeah. know, all of a sudden that habitual thinking wakes you up to a behavior that may not work anymore. It may have come yeah. from people who, like old stuff that we made up a long time ago. Okay. This used to happen and I didn't want it to happen. So I made this up and it was working fine. And 25 years later, I'm like, wait, am I still doing it? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. it's like, that's past, you know, what yeah. do you want to do today? Yeah. Well, the thing I love about your podcast and the title is, you know, my, my Ted talk that I'm looking to get out there is dare to be a better asker. Mm. And I've learned that through, through the three principles and, and through the, because it's not just the courage it takes to ask the question or even the way that the question, the answer to the question may direct an outcome, but it's the courage that an individual takes to say, excuse me, I have a question or excuse me, I have an idea or excuse me, I have a, I have a new way of looking at things I want to talk to people about. And that, that the dare in your in your whole concept is, is the catalyst that changes things. It's the courage of an individual that says, I want to come out and play. I want to be heard. Um, I love people. I mean, you know, I've been producing podcasts and I just love the fact like these, these people are coming to me and they're saying, I want to talk about this. And I like, but how do we do it? Okay. Well, I'll, I'll take care of the how, <laughs> let me take care of the house. You just, take care of talking about it, mm. you know, because people then get bogged down on how, don't get bogged down on the how, the how will take care of itself. Just dare, dare to bring your voice out, dare to come and share your heart so that you can inspire other people. And then there's going to be a ripple effect. And then the more that we have this ripple effect, if you look at my logo, my logo is a circle and there's ripples mm. inside my logo. And that's the whole idea, right? Let's just drop put a drop in there, let's put a drop of love in the world. And then let's see what the ripples will do. Yeah, that's just for me. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, I think that's a nice place to end. What do you think? Oh, I think it's amazing. What a gift. What a gift. And we, you know what, I would, I would hope that we just keep these conversations up, whether we record them or not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I just think that you're bringing so much so much energy into the world, you know, so many, um, what did I read? I don't, I don't even know. It's just somebody was saying the energy we put into the world are the thoughts that we're choosing to animate. You know, I know that, I know that, that thoughts, they're not just thoughts. They have the power of creation. And when, with a degree of awareness, if we can illuminate that with love, can you imagine all the, all the, yeah. all the love that we can pour into the world. And I'm just so grateful that you, that you created this, that you invited me to be a part of it and that I get to take this and kind of ripple this into my, into my day. Yeah. Bring it in, bring it in, <laughs> share it out. I love it. I love it. I love it. And thank you so much for asking me. Yes, ma'am. Before, before we leave, do you have like, let's say somebody's listened to you and they're like, I want to talk to Kathy. How did they get to reach you? Oh, you're so sweet. Well, um, 
kathysharit.com. I do have a- How do you say it? Sharit. Sharit. So it's, 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 it's S, so it's Kathy with a C, C C-A-T-H-Y, S-C-H-A-R-E-T-G at, yeah, Kathy Sharit. And uh, so it's um, kathysharit.com or the easy one, email Kathy with a C at welcomesf.com. And that would be a great way to just call or text, I mean, text or email me and get in touch. But I would, I would love to, I'd love to watch my world get bigger with, with more love, right? I mean, it's so funny. I was talking to a friend the other day at work and I managed an office and other people and activities and all this. And I just looked at her and tears formed in my eyes. And I just said, I just, I want people to know I love them, you know, and that they matter and that we're all unique, but we're all connected. And isn't that weird? (laughs) Isn't that weird that we're all one? And if there was anything that we learned in COVID is that we we may have been sheltered in place, but we, we didn't have to be isolated. There were ways that we could reach one another. I would have never met you had it yeah. not been for yeah, Zoom. Yeah, that's true. So I'm just grateful beyond words. So thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you. Well, thank you very much. Thank you to everyone who's been listening. Please follow, subscribe, share, tell the world about this. I would surely appreciate it. And in the meantime, I'm just going to say, Dream it, dare it, do it, and live the life you want. Have a good day. Bye-bye.